This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the program. I'm Sterling Fox. In just a few minutes, we'll be joined by Angela Calla, host of The Mortgage Show, Saturday evenings here on CKNW, to bring us all up to date on the new rules in the housing game, including all those new taxes, and also to talk about variable rate versus fixed mortgages in a time of interest rate increases. Yes, the U.S. did theirs just a couple of days ago. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week. News from Statistics Canada this week that we're growing at a faster rate than ever before. And as of April 1st, we've clicked past... 37 million people. To emphasize how rapidly we're increasing our population, StatsCan says it took only two years and two months to add another one million people to the Canadian population, and that is the shortest time ever. By contrast, when we were first getting started back in the early days, it took Canada 17 years to add its first post-Confederation million people, and then it took another 20 years to add another million. Lately, as in the past 50 years, we've grown by 17 million. In the world, Canada ranks 38th in population, right there between Poland and Afghanistan, but we're still number two in size behind only Russia. To absolutely no one's surprise this week, the U.S. Federal Reserve raised short-term interest rates for the second time this year and then signaled at least two more increases are likely as well before year-end. This comes at a time in the States when interest rates on car loans and mortgages are also rising and the Fed sees inflation concerns as it watches the American marketplace. So what does that mean for Canada? Well, our central bank's next opportunity to boost rates here comes on July 11th. And analysts are expecting an increase for no other reason than to support the loony, which has taken quite a hit lately. Is it a certainty? No, but it is likely. Our first guest, Angela Kalla, will have a lot to say about whether to switch mortgage coverage from a variable rate to a fixed rate in just a very few short minutes. Remember when George H.W. Bush, Daddy Bush, was president and the big deal he used to make out of hating broccoli? It became his trademark. Well, there's a new study out just this week that suggests the first President Bush was way off in his dislike of what the survey claims is now... America's favorite vegetable. The survey was done by Green Giant and was released to time out with National Eat Your Vegetables Day, which is tomorrow in the States. Broccoli tops the list of favorite veggies across America, followed by corn and then peas. Absent from the list... Onions, peppers, celery, and spinach. Surprise, surprise. The city of Vancouver is expanding its bike-sharing program. Moby by Shaw Go. Mayor Robertson announced this week the two-year-old program has grown steadily since it began and now boasts 150 stations and 75,000 users who've taken over 900,000 rides. Now the network has been extended to include East Vancouver as far as commercial drive and the minimum age limit has been lowered from 16 to 12. There's also a new partnership with Van City for discounted passes for eligible residents. The first phase to commercial drive is done, and there are 25 more stations expected to be ready by the end of this summer. 
And it's almost time for baseball in Vancouver again. Our Vancouver Canadians, who may actually be at least as much fun to watch as their parent team, the Toronto Blue Jays, opened its season on the road in Eugene, Oregon against the Emeralds last night. They lost. It was two, two to nothing for Eugene. The Canadians' first home game in the prettiest little park in all of baseball, Scotiabank Field at Nat Bailey Stadium, is coming this Wednesday at 7 o'clock against Everett and no surprises here, it's sold out. The Canadians' first nooner coming up next Friday at 1 o'clock. Best part for Canadians baseball here in Vancouver, aside from the gorgeous ballpark, tickets cost either 16 or 20 bucks. Now that is an affordable Vancouver outing. And speaking of Nat Bailey, a happy birthday today to the company that Nat Bailey built. It's White Spot's 90th birthday. Those are some of the week's top consumer stories. We'll look at a few more later in the show. Stay with us because Angela Calla is standing by to join us and to take your calls about variable versus fixed rates and other defensive strategies to consider in this new era of rising interest rates. This is Vancouver Consumer. You're with 980 CKNW. And welcome back to the program on this 21-degree sunny Saturday afternoon. The special warning, uh, weather warning is in effect. Last time we had to tell you about one of these, it was all about snow. And this time, it's a heat wave, the first of the summer of 2018. Always a pleasure to welcome this first guest to our program. Angela Calla is host of The Mortgage Show right here on CKNW and uh, is joining us to talk about a very timely appearance too, Angela. We appreciate that. Good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon to you. Last time you and I talked, you were up there tucked away in a cozy little spot in the Okanagan. Where do we find you today? Oh, today I'm live from Port Moody. <laughs> okay. Uh, very timely, though, Angela, because the United States just raised their interest rates rates rather on Wednesday. The Canadian uh, Central Bank is expected to do the same in a few short weeks on July 11th. We've got all of these new variables at play right now. The stress test, Angela, all of these new taxes in British Columbia. Let's just sort of take a slow walk through the, the goalposts or, or to find out where the goalposts are on the field, if you don't mind, because they've moved them a few times since you and I last talked. Yes, the constant has changed in the mortgage market. So thankfully, we can be here to confidently walk borrowers through and help them understand exactly what it means for them. For the 14 years that I've been in this business, change has been very constant. We've seen mortgage rules go up one pendulum and down the other. And it's uh, an honor to be able to walk consumers through whatever the best option is for them based on their circumstances and timing. And the only time that we would make a recommendation to do something differently than what the borrower has already already implemented is when it's going to be financially beneficial for them moving forward. Okay, well, let's take a look. There's a headline in today's uh, Weekend Vancouver Sun, for example. The Canadian Real Estate Association has cut their home sales forecast uh, for the month of May they were down just a touch over 16% compared with a year before in May. And they're mm-hmm. expecting uh, an, an even greater, or shall we say, protracted decline in home sales this year. And it's not just limited to Vancouver and Toronto. This is a national prediction, but obviously the hot spots or maybe the cold spots at the end of it all will be Vancouver and Toronto. Oh, we've certainly seen the impact of this. We're seeing borrowers qualify for much less. Mm -hmm. And when borrowers are up for renewal, 
or looking at how to utilize their equity to their advantage, they're often shocked to learn that sometimes the mortgage that they have presently is much more than they would have qualified for with today. Uh, Yesterday, I had a woman who um, worked full-time and her husband, and they had a uh, $630,000 mortgage. They need a household income of approximately $155,000 a year, and their household income now is about $92,000. So it's not worth it for them to refinance early and get their equity working for them. They have to pretty much stay put on where they are at the moment until their mortgage is up for renewal and things can be reviewed again at that time. Well, last time you and I talked was very shortly after the new year, and you surprised us all at that time, Angela, by reminding us that essentially half of all the mortgage paper in Canada is going to be rewritten in 2018. That's amazing. It is, and that's what is so shocking, because getting a mortgage in today's climate is very different than it was three years ago, five years ago, and many Canadians are surprised to learn that things are as different as they are and really want to understand a little bit more about why this is happening. And they're also trying to look at both sides because what we have noticed is we have noticed less listings on the market because unless you have to move in today's market, you're not generally going to list. Whereas a year ago, people would put their home on the market kind of just to see, and they were getting a lot more money than what they anticipated, and so that kind of fueled things moving. Now people are staying in their homes longer. Um, People are not going to move unless they need to, and so we're seeing less supply, which we already had a supply problem in in popular provinces, of course. And now, in addition to that, people are qualifying for less. So, you know, they're having to readjust and say, well, where do I go? What do I do? Sure. And where I've, where I've noticed some of the, I guess you could say some of the advantages, is for anybody who's living on Vancouver Island right now, what they're saying is they're saying, wow, let me think about this. Why am I renting right now? I mean, I might have moved from Vancouver, and we hear all these things about unaffordability in Vancouver, mm-hmm. but if I make an income combined of $100,000 a year, I can own a beautiful home on the island for $400,000. So we're kind of seeing people move, again, further out, which is a very common trend whenever there's a change in qualification rules, and people are having greater home ownership um, opportunities on the island and and other areas of the province. Okay, I wanted to tell you a couple of things that I still want to, just in terms of defining those blinking goalposts, please. I want to talk Mm -hmm. about bridge financing, but first and foremost, taxes. Because since you and I last talked, uh, there Mm -hmm. have been new taxes introduced by the province. And in Mm -hmm. fact, some of them had been when we first talked in January, Angela, but nothing had sunk in yet. where There was no evidence of one way or another as to how they might affect the marketplace. Now we're six months beyond that. What can Mm -hmm. you tell us about the impact? of these new taxes? Well, it's certainly done what was intended, and the foreign buyers are not as aggressive as they have been in the past, and I think they're taking a wait-and-see approach right now, and we ha- we don't see the types of uh, foreign buyers that we're seeing, so okay. that, that has definitely uh, done as it's intended. 
Okay. Now let's talk about bridge financing because you were just mentioning a few minutes ago one of the realities that's going to shock more than a few Canadians, especially those who are the in, in the fifty percent of mortgage holders who must renew this year. One thing that's going to shock a lot of them, as you've already said, is they don't have the purchasing power they thought they did because of the stress test. So then they start looking around for ways to bridge the gap because they don't want to. They want to stay in the game. They want to be able to play and move forward. And, and, you know, execute the game plan as they originally had it drafted. So they're looking for bridge financing. Young people occasionally get a bit of a boost from the bank of mom and dad, Angela. Mm-hmm. Others go to third party lenders. What can you tell us about all of that? Well, bridge financing by definition is arranging financing when you have sold your home with a guaranteed offer to purchase. So if we're defining, so what that means is that the real estate strategies that people are using is very different. Okay. So when people are going out and looking at homes, they're not making the same types of offers that they were making previously. Previously, people were going out and buying places and knowing that their home would sell because there was a frenzy. But now when people are going out and making offers, they're making subject to sale offers. Right. Which actually is a much more prudent way of doing business and much more appreciated from a financial perspective when you see how many things can go wrong when you're not adequately protected and you can't control outside variables in the market. Uh, But we're seeing more prudence on that and we're seeing people be calculated and we're seeing as a result of all the news that people are empowering themselves with education and contacting us beforehand to ensure that they have a very clear understanding of what's happening. And so that's why it's just so important to work with a really quality uh, real estate agent that has seen the different markets and up and down and really can implement the best strategy that's going to protect you and be prudent regardless of what's happening in the market. So okay. we've seen people be more prudent in that respect, and and that's good. So. I'm going to open up the phone lines, Angela, an incredibly popular guest every time you have you on the show. And, of course, you're well-known because of the mortgage show of your own here on NW. But let me open up the phone lines right here, right now, 604-280-9898. Angela Calla, the mortgage specialist, is on the line. If you're right in the middle of playing the housing game and not trying, maybe you've hit a speed bump, a stumbling block of some kind. Oh, gee, wasn't expecting that. Now, how do we get over this one? Is be a good person to call and and get some some expert advice. Six. 204-280-9898. The lines are wide open right now. Andrew and Ben awaiting your call. Uh, Angela, this this whole business of, of finding yourself coming up short, the stress test uh, creates a new uh, uh, extra gap between where you thought you were going to be five years ago when you uh, set up your mortgage for renewal in 2018. You thought, you know, we'll be making a few extra dollars. The market will likely be like this. And of course, things never work out quite the way you expected or even hoped they would. So you come up short five years later and you need to make up a gap of maybe a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars that the stress test isn't going to allow your mortgage lender to give you. So where do you go for that extra loot? Uh, well, I think it's important to understand that that's not necessarily going to be the case. Um, it really depends on who your lender is. 
and what your credit history and employment history is at the time of renewal. Okay. One thing that we do to make borrowers feel more empowered and comfortable moving forward is we review mortgages every year for our borrowers so we can identify and help them plan around if they do have a renewal date coming up, what we can do to position them best and what that option will be, whether it be renewing with that lender or moving to another. And in the first place, we always look to place our borrowers' mortgages with lenders that have a known history of treating borrowers with the best renewal options because what's happening right now is when mortgages are up for renewal, the lender does have the right to verify credit and income at the time of renewal. Not all lenders exercise this, but some do. And the ones that do know that they can charge you a higher interest rate at renewal because you can't qualify to go to another lender under the new rules. And so uh, nobody should take that for face value because that's the privilege that you have as a borrower is to get unbiased advice and see if that really is the case. And unfortunately for some borrowers, they will be, um, they will remain at their existing lender and hopefully their lender will be competitive, but they're certainly not obligated to if there's been a change in your scenario. And for other people, uh, they will be just fine with the qualifications that they have because they will have paid their mortgage down and provided that they had a plan in place like we do for all of our borrowers every year. We let them know how much to increase their mortgage payment Mm. to ensure that they don't have what's called future payment shock because regardless of what the market does, Sterling, we've always implemented this test for our borrowers. So we understood these stress tests were coming down the road. And so proactively together, and even if they didn't, if the market changed, we knew that we had to help borrowers be more prepared for a very different market. And that's really why you kind of go to a professional who's there for you, just like you hope to have kind of the same family doctor that knows your history and that can work together with you for this for the best health plan. The same can go for a mortgage to help protect you against future payment shock. So if things change, then, you know, you don't feel the nervousness that can be surrounded with uncertainty in a financial market. Ah, okay. So, and, and in the case of, of a lot of these people who are who are becoming a little surprised, uh, not many of your clients are because the idea is not to wait. If your mortgage is, is, is due for renewal on August 1st, it's probably a smart idea to be on the case already if you weren't in January and not wait until the night before you're suddenly due for renewal to plan a strategy because you could get buried the next day. Right. Uh, For our clients, we're reviewing their mortgage consistently. Every month we're pulling reports and seeing if we identify anybody that could be vulnerable according to the numbers. And then every year we're also checking in to be proactive because actually, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but a really interesting statistic, Sterling, is that 70% of Canadians break their mortgage before the renewal date. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yes, seven out of 10 Canadians break their mortgage beforehand. And we just, we've always had a proactive approach in our office. So we always look to empower people. And sometimes these things happen organically. This reminds me of a call that we had earlier this week. We had a first time home buyer that had purchased a home last year. And this year she said, you know what? I think I, um, I'm going to go and move in with my boyfriend. So I'm looking at renting out my unit. Mm-hmm. And I, I looked at the date and I said, oh, if you could please do me a favor, Kate. You got the first-time home buyer's credit. 
Um, when you move this to a rental property, you're now going to have to pay capital gains based on the new locked-in value. Uh-huh. But if you wait till after a year, then you won't have to pay back the first-time home buyers no property transfer tax advantage that you were able to get. So if the client hadn't called back when we called to say, hey, how's it going? If they didn't reply to our email when we sent them an email or they didn't reach out after we sent them a mail, then it's not a collaborative process and we wouldn't have had that opportunity that comes up organically and, you know, and as a result of business. So it really is a team approach and a proactive approach. And of course, if we see anything, we're not tax experts, we're not accountants, we're not lawyers. But if we see anything that we think you can benefit from, from uh, proactively strategizing with you, then we're going to do that. And when we're in touch once a year, like you would expect an advisor to be or Hopefully you go for an annual checkup once a year. I know it's extremely stressful with our medical situation, but when you are consistently understanding that your mortgage can be used as a wealth tool, you really, you know, you get all the benefits that come along with that. Interesting stuff. Angela Kella, host of The Mortgage Show right here on CKNW, our guest on Vancouver Consumer. Lines are wide open, 604-280-9898. Your calls right after the news. And welcome back to the program this beautiful Saturday afternoon in Vancouver. 21 degrees in the sunshine. Sterling Fox with uh, Angela Calla on the line. Angela, of course, is host of The Mortgage Show. Heard every Saturday night here on CKNW at 7 o'clock. And Angela pops up on Global TV every Tuesday morning just before the 8 o'clock news with The Mortgage Report. Uh, lines are getting busy. 604-280-9898. And if you're a little shy and don't want to uh, necessarily go on the radio, but you have a question for one of our guests, you can always shoot us an email. The address is easy. It's sterling at cknw.com. And Sharon and Delta, I have your email question, and I'll put it to Angela in just a few minutes. But Jason has been waiting ever so patiently on the phone line. So, Jason, over to you to start off this half hour. Good afternoon. Hi, how are you? Uh, great, thank you. Go ahead to Angela, please, Jason. So, Angela, I have a friend. Um, obviously, she's having hard times with her paying her mortgage payments, and she asked me oh. to co-sign. And so I'm wondering, like, like how can I save my protect myself too? Because I'm I'm struggling too. I live in Kitsilano. I was wondering, what is the worst scenario of co-signing for somebody, and would I be able to put my name on the title? And if I did was on the title, would I be able to have a part of that property to get the money back? Jason, just before Angela answers the question, can I ask you: Are you already? Or do you already hold a mortgage of any description yourself? Yes, I do. I have a condo in Kitsilano, and it's I'm kind of struggling, you know, to kind of make ends meet, but thought, I'm doing I, it. Okay, I thought that might help as, as in terms of information for Angela. Go okay. ahead, please, Thank Angela. You. Uh, Jason, uh, first of all, I want to commend you for being an incredible friend and calling in to ask a question and trying to support her. Everybody, you know, we're all busy with our own lives, so the fact that you are willing to look at that is just speaks to how kind your heart is. Um, now, what I do want to let you know is that being that it's more difficult to qualify for a mortgage due to the stress test, people that thought they could qualify for people are finding out that it's not actually benefiting the application. Secondly, most lenders only allow an immediate family member to co-sign on the property, and there is no way if you are co-signed on the property for that to only impact you. Essentially, both people have to qualify for everybody's income and debt. 
And so, Jason, there are a lot of people from five years ago, parents that were co-signing for kids or other family members, and now they're disappointed because their lives have been impacted, that they have not been able to move forward with whatever their life's plans are um, because they are still on a mortgage that they had hoped to get off of five years ago. Ah. So, unfortunately, as much as we would love our friends and love to co-sign for them, it's not a common occurrence for those factors. And that's also becoming a common occurrence for parents as well. We have quite a few people who are going through divorce, and, of course, it doesn't make sense for people now to go and rent somewhere because people are finding that rent is more expensive than what their existing mortgage is. And so they're looking at options like having parents co-sign as well. But in today's society where the cost of living is going up and parents are saying, well, I don't know. What if I do need a load down the road? How am I protected? What if you don't make the payments? And the reality is if you're on the title, it's, um, it's, a, it's a mortgage marriage. And unfortunately, it's becoming more difficult to do in what today's what age. If I was on the title, if I was on the title and I kept it up, could I turn around and sell it and no, you can't do it. You can't have one without the other. So you couldn't sell it without her permission. And if you are struggling as it is right now, it's not likely that the qualifications would allow it. Yeah. Okay. All right, Jason. Thank you, so Thank you for your you kindness. My question. It was bothering me all day. No, no, no <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad much. you asked it, and I'm very frank and very forthcoming of you to, to put that out on the table like that. Yeah, but uh, I do care. Thank you. Well, Thank you so much that. for that question. There's a lot of people that have that question. I'm so grateful that you called in with it. Thank a- you. Angela, I've got an email question, but first, just to follow up on what you, the advice you were giving Jason, and you, you, you extended it to moms and dads as well, because now, yeah. uh, it, it, what are the pitfalls what are the what what are the what do you have to watch for if indeed out of the goodness of your heart and Lord knows we all want our kids to do well and we all want to be able to help them as best we can, but sometimes you know we can overextend ourselves and be more of a hindrance than a help in the long run to both ourselves and our children. So what are the warning signs or what do we have to parents, what do we need to know about or be aware of if we're gonna jump into the mortgage game with our children? You need to know that as long as your children require you on that mortgage, you are absolutely stuck there and that nobody has control to do one without the other. So in the fact that something happens, your uh, son or daughter gets in a new relationship and you no longer want to be a part of that mortgage process, you have no control over it. It all depends on when they can qualify for it and when they can go. So we see this option being less and less popular all the time and instead of like right now I have a situation where um, just this this weekend we have a borrower whose mom can't afford to go on there for the fact of being able to not have her options open for her life and 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 my friend's stepdad and so she is gifting the money she is refinancing her house right and gifting the money required to make up the difference of what the daughter can qualify for because then at least she has that portion of control and a lot of parents are considering well am I going to give you your inheritance essentially early while we're still here to see you live your life and help you accordingly yes or are we going to do it and that is actually the best cut and dry method in order to do it instead of being on the hook for all all of the aspects of it interesting another option that people are looking at is depending on the type of investments that they have this doesn't work in the case of rsp but depending on the type of investments they have they're actually looking at getting loans against secured against the investment so if they had some 
whole life insurance policies or something. That's how parents are, are getting around helping children that they realize once they do their due diligence that co-signing isn't something that they really want to do. And don't forget that lenders don't just let anybody co-sign. They usually only reserve that for a parent. Interesting stuff. Well, there are still ways by which you can be of enormous assistance, but also uh, minimizing your risk at the same time. And that's important to consider. Uh, Angela, another phone call here. We're in Maple Ridge this time with Brian on the line. Good afternoon, Brian. Go ahead, please. All right, then. I don't know what happened to the call, but let me just, uh, I've got uh, Sharon's email from Delta. Sterling at cknw.com, by the way. Sharon asks, Angela, why, if all these obstacles are now slowing down house sales, why haven't house prices dropped as well? And did we just lose Angela on the phone? Okay, well, then why don't we call her back? And I will, at the same time, invite other people to to encumber, uh, to make the, your job even harder. Apparently, a little technical glitch here on, on the radio station end. And that was a darn good question, Sharon. I appreciate it. We will reconnect with Angela in a flash, and we'll get that one to her first. And then if Brian and Maple Ridge, I may have pressed the wrong button again, Brian. If, if, if it is me, uh, please uh, call back. <laughs> it happened last week, too. Uh, we'll get Angela up here in a second. So did you hear the question at all, Angela? I'm sorry, whatever button. And I pushed uh, pushed you. <laughs> you off. hung up on me. No, Sterling. I did not. I certainly didn't intend to. But what Sharon That's was okay. wanting. All I know is that we have Brian with Maple Ridge with a question. I haven't heard the question yet. Oh, okay. Well, I, Brian dropped off the line, and I think I may have said, had something to do with that too. But I did have an oh. email question for you from Sharon. Oh, great. Now Sharon's okay. in Delta, and she wants to know why. If all these obstacles are now slowing down house sales, why <laughs> Angela haven't house prices dropped as well? Well, again, it's the limited supply. The limited supply is a short answer, and a little bit more of an answer is it certainly has in some areas, depending on the price point, but the short answer is supply. Okay, because we've seen, you know, some a house in West Van drop from thirty-five million to twenty-nine million. Oh gosh! Now, for, the, for, 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 for most of us mere mortals, that's that's utterly meaningless. But of course, it is a significant price reduction. But it's such a high end; it's almost invisible. So it's it's all about supply and demand, still. Then, isn't it? Huh? If we wanted to really um, move things along then, of course, we need to actually change the process in terms of approving developments to have them go faster because so much changes. Right now, what I have heard and what I have just seen from some of my clients, some of my, I had a dentist who purchased a building and he was building out his practice and it took him three years to be able to get what he needed to do done um, just due to the complexity of the process. Right. So if there was an easier approval process, um, then housing could be built sooner and it would be easier for develop. And you have to be careful when you say the word easier and developers in the same sentence. I know. But the market can change very quickly and modify their financing and their construction costs. And so that also plays a role in them wondering if they, you know, 
do we want to go through with this and what are what are we going to build and has the market now shifted since we started with this original plan yeah it was a report too from the cd howe institute a few weeks ago that verified or just underscored what you just said angela uh, both vancouver and toronto but particularly vancouver heavily encumbered by red tape and bureaucracy and it's a really slow town to try and get anything done in and when housing uh, crisis or housing affordability is at a crisis uh, sort of level uh, it's not it's not the time to be as, as slow as molasses in january in terms of processing paper brian and maple ridge you're back with us sir thank you for that good afternoon hey, no problem um so my wife and i own an investment property um and currently it's it's doing okay but it's not uh we didn't raise the rent enough and we sort of missed the window so i do have a quite a bit of equity in that investment property my thought mm-hmm. was should I sell the property and then take that equity that I have and transfer it into two other investment properties where my rent can actually make us a positive cash flow? Uh-huh. Do do I have to pay any sort of capital gains if I was to if I transfer it to one property and then a couple months mm-hmm. later I find Good it? Question. It depends on how what your corporate structure is. So if you have a holding company, then a holding company would obviously have uh, uh, the title of your home uh, the investment property would have to be in the holding company name or Mm -hmm. if that's not set up presently uh, what I've seen done for a lot of our investor clients is that with the proper tax strategist accountant you transfer like 99% of the ownership into it and keep 1% in and then of course appraisals take place and and all the back-end documentation takes place and then you can evaluate that if it's not in that and the cost of doing that because that costs money as well and then you have Mm -hmm. annual costs that go with running that and the additional lawyer costs and the additional um, bookkeeping and accounting costs that come along with that if you just find that that's not worth it then, of course, yes, you're going to pay capital gains. And capital gains tax is very large, as you probably already know, at about 50% of the profits. So you got to kind of evaluate all your options and, and go from there. But it's not a simple black-and-white solution in that respect. Okay. So there's a bit more in, uh, investigation to do before making this purchase then? Definitely. Do you have a really good accountant that you work uh, with that's no, actually actively no, um, doing properties and stuff? Okay. Well, I'm, I know that they have my information at the show. If you send me an email, I can introduce you to tax accountants that um, obviously I see doing this stuff every day. And you can kind of take it from there to put your strategy together. And, perfect, of course, awesome. we'd love to help you with anything else, provided that uh, is in your best interest. Brian, thanks very much for the call. And by the way, the website, uh, Brian, Angela's website is angelacala.ca. Angela with one L, C A double L A dot C A, angelacala.ca. All of the contact information, the phone number, the emails, the uh, uh, set set up an appointment, Brian, because it sounds like you're you're onto something here. Just need a little a uh, little more homework uh, to get it done right. Absolutely. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. Angela Kella.ca, uh, by the way, is, is the website. It's a good website, too, Angela. It, uh, it's very helpful to a lot of people. Quickly, uh, run us by, uh, and because we've already alluded to this a couple of times in this conversation this afternoon, uh, those of us who, and 50% of the population who owns a mortgage is going to renew that mortgage in 2018. A lot of us are just going to go, well, you know, it's been with the Bank X since day one, so we'll just go down to Bank X and we'll sign the new papers and forget about it for another five years. That's one way of doing it, but you're not doing yourself as many favors, Angela, as you might by shopping the marketplace. And if you don't know how, 
that's where the mortgage pros come in. Well, that's right. Shopping on your own is actually a very dangerous endeavor um, because in order to qualify for the best options, you need to have a credit score of over 700. And every time that you inquire with any different broker or any different lender, it takes five points off of your score. Simply by looking up your score, it costs you points. Yes, it costs you points. Isn't that strange? In addition, that's just how credit is. And that's just how credit works. Oh, I know. And that's why I love demystifying the myth about uh, mortgages and credit as well. But there's another aspect that's very important with that, Sterling, and that is once lenders see that you're shopping your mortgage around, they no longer can offer you the best. And especially if that existing lender may have already been in your in your lending um, picture, because now you're not what's called, quote unquote, a new client. And then, so that's the second thing that impacts you. And then thirdly, uh, what impacts you is your application then gets flagged for fraud because they wonder if your application has been modified from lender to lender. So now they're going to take a little bit longer to review your options, and they're also going to be triple diligent to ensure that there's nothing that's inconsistent. And then you're putting yourself at all those other risks, too, because you don't necessarily know the education level of the person who was doing uh, the initial inquiry for you. So if they input something wrong by accident, I mean, we're all humans. We've all done fat finger and had a, uh, you know, a typo once in a while, but that can actually cost you a lot. So it's really important that you do the preliminary research first of who you think is going to meet your goals based on strategy and experience um, before you just go in and do a mortgage somewhere. And oftentimes people don't think about the fact that sometimes who they're working at the lend, who they're working with at any specific institution, they don't actually know how much experience that individual has or what that process is for them. They could have done 5,000 mortgages or they could have done five. That's right. And of course, the the person at the bank is employed by the bank to do the maximum amount of good for the bank. You are not their number one priority. (laughs) Well, and you're only going to get a biased opinion, unfortunately, whereas when you go to somebody independent... Uh, we're going to give you an unbiased opinion, exactly. and of course, we're only going to we're only going to offer to assist you when it's to your benefit. So, and when you do a check uh, of uh, other mortgage available options, and and you you uh, uh, on behalf of a client, you're not costing that client points every time you take a look at the mortgage radar uh, and and see what might be best for that individual. That's right. We use one application to shop multiple lending institutions. Okay. So how difficult is it to arrange an appointment with you or another member of the Angela Calla mortgage team? It all starts with an email or a call, and then we get back to you within a business day and have a brief conversation about your goals. We send you a list of the documents required for us to review your scenario, and then we proceed along from there with a proactive strategy. So if I was to direct our listeners to AngelaCalla.ca, all of the information and all the contact points are right there, and that would be an excellent jumping-off spot then. 
Excellent. We look forward to helping. All right, Angela, thank you for this. Appreciate your time on a Saturday afternoon. I'm glad you weren't away and we really busted up a vacation this time. But, oh, uh, I'm always happy to help. I'm always here for you. I appreciate that very much. An excellent round. We appreciate it a lot. Have a great day. You're welcome. Yourself as well. Have a great weekend. All right. There's Angela Calla and, of course, head of the Angela Calla Mortgage Team. And you can find out lots more about what she and the team are up to at her website, angelacalla.ca. And uh, certainly, as Brian is definitely going to do from his home in Maple Ridge, uh, make an appointment to see Angela and at least understand, get a greater understanding of what this whole mortgage renewal business is like. The landscape has definitely changed. If you're one of the 50% of Canadians who must renew his or her mortgage this year and you haven't done anything with mortgages for about five years, you're in for more than a bit of a jolt. And the more you can do to help yourself through this phase with a mortgage professional in your corner, uh, the better off you're going to be. So thanks to Angela and the Angela Calla Mortgage Team. Thanks for your calls, too. We'll take a quick break, and we're back with lots more. And once again, our thanks to Angela Calla, host of The Mortgage Show, for spending some time with us this afternoon. And thanks for your calls and emails, too. Next hour, the world-class dentist from B.C. Perio will be here. Time now for Duly Noted. And this time, our producer, Ben Dooley, has a look at a Vancouver Island rental scam. Thanks, Sterling. Kara Pracknow has taken her monthly rental property off the market after she fell victim to a rental scam along with 200 potential tenants. I got told off quite a few times because they said that I was just a fake and a fraud. Nobody hurt me, but they certainly suggested that they might if I didn't let them into their home. The Sook resident had advertised a fully furnished one-bedroom suite. However, shortly after Pracknell posted it, she said the same online ad surfaced on Craigslist. Turns out, unbeknownst to Pracknow, someone had stolen her online ad offering the suite for less than half the price. When she eventually found out someone had swiped her rental pics, Pracknow repeatedly tried to prohibit the ad on Craigslist, but said the fraudster continued posting it. What's worse, potential tenants had already sent damage deposits and, in some cases, the first month's rent to the scammer. The Better Business Bureau recommended that prospective renters meet with the landlord in person, especially before signing a lease, and never wire or forward funds to someone you don't know, and check market rental rates. Watch out for deals that are too good to be true. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Thank you, Ben. Time for a couple more consumer quickies before the news. Flair, the new upstart low-cost air carrier, added Calgary to its list of Canadian cities it's flying this week, which now includes Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Toronto for a total of nine destinations for the seven-plane fleet. The Calgary move by Flair's new CEO, David Tate, who's a former big guy with Virgin Atlantic, was especially cheeky because that's the home base for WestJet and Swoop. WestJet's new low-cost carrier, well, it has yet to fly anywhere, but is expected to launch next week. Now, we're told, we've told you about this part in the past, but in Calgary, on that first day, some passengers were put off by extra charges on carry-on luggage. We warned you, it's a low-cost airline. Everything but your actual seat will cost you extra. Will WestJet and its new swoop see some room for not charging extra to attract some business? Not sure, but the traveling consumer will 
will certainly benefit if it does. Good news story from TransLink today. Ridership is up, way up. In fact, we're using our public transit system now at a level equal to the 2010 Olympics when we pretty much had to use the system to get around and enjoy all the stuff. So what's up and why? Well, everything is up with May boardings reported up by 9% from previous years. Buses up by over 9%. So is the Expo line, the Canada line by 8.1% and the C-Bus 13.1% more. And now even the West Coast Express is up by almost 7%. TransLink says this rate of growth is unprecedented anywhere in Canada or the U.S. and is using the new data to activate their growth plan even more quickly. So phase two of the 10-year plan, including the Broadway SkyTrain extension to UBC and light rail across Surrey into Langley, can't begin soon enough for TransLink and, well, everyone else who's using the system. And apparently, more of us are than in a very, very long time. That is our first hour of Vancouver Consumer for today. Our thanks again to Angela Calla for her visit. We'll take a break for the news here. And when we return, Dr. Bobby Birdie from BC Perio will take your calls and talk about your smile on Vancouver Consumer on CKNW. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.